This episode is sponsored in part by Launch Darkly. Take a look at what it takes to get your code into production. I'm going to just guess that it's awful because it's always awful. No one loves their deployment process. What if launching new features didn't require you to do a full-on code and possibly infrastructure deploy? What if you could test on a small subset of users and then roll it back immediately if results aren't what you expect? Launch Darkly does exactly this. To learn more, visit launchdarkly.com and tell them Corey sent you and watch for the wince. Another week is come and gone along with a disturbing number of new ways to run containers on AWS. Let's get into it. Amazon Chime SDK now supports sessions with up to 10,000 live participants and 40 dead ones. Amazon EC2 auto-scaling instance lifecycle states are now available via the instance metadata service. It's now apparently a best practice to spam the crap out of the IMDS endpoint every five seconds on all of your nodes. Amazon RDS supports itemized billing for RDS storage, IOPS, and backup features. I've been continually bemused that this wasn't a thing until now. This is going to force a reckoning in some quarters, I suspect. AWS Cost Anomaly Detection now supports resources and tag-based access management. I've never been much of a fan for keeping cost information hidden from the people who can do things about it, but okay, I guess this is a good thing. AWS Panorama applications now support receiving inbound messages over the local area network. Ah, oh, hell, this thing runs containers, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Here we go. AWS support streamlines cases via connector for Jira service management. Honestly, I'd buy Jira just for better AWS support case management functionality alone, particularly cross-account because it's terrible. Migrating petabytes of data from on-premises file systems to Amazon FSx for Luster. It's counterintuitive, but the inverse of this post would absolutely exude confidence. Here's how you migrate a workload out of AWS. We're confident we're the best place for it to live, but if you disagree, we certainly won't stand in your way. Of course, they don't do that. In fact, they make inbound data transfer free, but outbound incredibly expensive. It's a choice, but not the one that speaks to a level of confidence one would probably expect from a market leader. Migration updates announced at reInvent 2021. The irony of the migrating to cloud groups roundup announcement being four months after the fact is not at all lost upon me. AWS Lambda now supports up to 10 gigabytes of ephemeral storage. I wonder at which point Lambda and EC2 instances become basically indistinguishable from one another. What to consider when migrating data warehouse to Amazon Redshift? Cost is not called out as an explicit concern, which does not in any way match the experience of any customer to whom I have ever spoken. Choosing the right solution for AWS Lambda external parameters. My article on managing secrets with AWS offerings nailed all the things that they list except app config. I don't really think that's what it's intended to do, so all right, thumbs up. I endorse this post. AWS Proton Terraform Templates. A question for you if you're listening to this. Please let me know. Does this count as a second way to run containers within Proton, or should multiple ways within Proton still only count as one way to run containers on AWS? This is important. Please get back to me. Streaming Kubernetes events in Slack. Good thing Slack doesn't charge by the message. 
Of course, if they're serverless or serverless adjacent, they absolutely get billed by AWS by the message, but that's their problem, not yours, right? Deploy Amazon RDS databases for applications in Kubernetes. One thing AWS has always gotten right is to use a managed database service for your Kubernetes adventures. You can run databases inside of Kubernetes, exclaim people who will absolutely not be around when that inevitably implodes. AWS announces AWS Game Kit for Unreal Engine. This is really interesting, not least because as best I can tell, there's no direct way to use this thing to run containers. Yet. This episode is sponsored in part by our friends at Chaos Search. You could run Elasticsearch or Elastic Cloud or OpenSearch, as they're calling it now, or a self-hosted Elk stack. But why? Chaos Search gives you the same API you've come to know and tolerate, along with unlimited data retention and no data movement. Just throw your data into S3 and proceed from there as you would expect. This is great for IT operations folks, for app performance monitoring, cybersecurity. If you're using Elasticsearch, consider not running Elasticsearch. They're also available now in the AWS Marketplace. If you'd prefer not to go direct and have half of whatever you pay them count toward your EDP commitment, discover what companies like Equifax, Armor Security, and Blackboard already have. To learn more, visit chaossearch.io and tell them I sent you just so you can see them facepalm yet again. Optimize customer engagement with reinforcement learning. I'm going to pretend this has nothing whatsoever to do with machine learning and is instead predicated on the truth that customers will engage more or less with your offering depending upon the lessons they learn when they do so. Launch Microsoft Windows Server instances on Amazon EC2 up to 65% faster than before. Okay, many, many, many years ago, I was a Windows admin. Those things took forever to boot up. Almost 20 years later, I'm dismayed to learn that they still take an average of 282 seconds, but this solution can get that down to just over a minute. Migrating Microsoft Azure SQL DB to Amazon Aurora, MySQL compatible edition. Okay, hold the phone a second. If I were migrating a Microsoft SQL database from Azure, into Aurora MySQL on AWS, the absolute last thing I would do is attempt both of those simultaneously. It would spend some time first, either as Microsoft SQL on AWS or as MySQL on Azure, but both at once is a recipe for disaster. Running multicast enabled containers on AWS. I honestly didn't realize the Transit Gateway spoke multicast, and now my entire understanding of VPC networking once again lies in tattered ruins. Available now, the 2022 AWS Imagine Grant opens funding for nonprofits. AWS is making credits and actual money. Wait, real money? Yes, real money. Available to select nonprofits. Just remember, AWS resources never turn themselves off, and credits and real money alike do eventually run out. And finally, new beta exam, AWS Certified Advanced Networking Specialty. On the one hand, I'm tempted to take this. On the other, I'm not a huge fan of getting my own butt handed to me by standardized tests. Decisions, decisions. And that's what happened last week in AWS. This has been a Hubble Pod production. 
Stay humble.